You're back here with Mining Stock Daily this Monday afternoon for another corporate update. We're going to return to the gold space. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my buddy Mark Ashcroft, CEO of Aurelius Minerals, who had traded on the TSXV with AUL and on the OTCQB with AURQF. Uh, longtime listeners of the show will know that I'm a shareholder of Aurelius and they've been a supporter of the podcast for uh, more than a year now. Uh, so Mark pings me up and he says, we're working on this, some channel sampling. What do you think about this uh, growing the resource from the inside out kind of slogan? And I said, Mark, I don't know, man. I don't, it doesn't really do it for me. But then he comes out and creates these channel samples and does all these videos from underground at Aureus East. And, uh, you know, it's done some good for him. And uh, you know, I was wrong, but I'm just one man. Mark, you got a whole team behind you. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, and uh, you know, kudos to all the hard work with the sampling. <laughs> Let's be honest. I have a whole team in front of me, uh, Trev. There, uh, there are a lot of hardworking professionals uh, in Nova Scotia who are working on this project day in, day out. And uh, you know what? They're delivering. They're de- they continue to deliver. Yeah. The, you know what? You're doing a really great job of doing a lot of these quick uh, kind of iPhone videos from the project. And I think you're doing, you know, once you get on the project, you're kind of going above and beyond trying to describe what the company's doing. Because let's be honest, it hasn't been that easy of a story to tell. It's not like you're drilling out for bulk tonnage in Nevada. I mean, this is interesting geology. It's an interesting project, but it seems like you're going about it strategically and in the right way. And at pace, that isn't, you know, trying to, you know, you're, 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 you're decreasing the risk here in exploration a little bit. Yeah, certainly. I mean, listen, I, again, I, I give credit to the explorationists, uh, Jeremy Nemi and Scott Zelligan and the two Morgans and Dylan and Neil who are on the ground. Um, you know, Jeremy's our VPX. But they really, every time we put a, a drill hole into the ground, it changed our interpretation and rather than rush ahead and say we must achieve this number of drill holes or this meterage immediately we stopped and we and we thought about it and um you know if it meant changing the lo- you know the position of a of a hole um the angle that it's drilled at you know we did that and we were able to you know going back to our first drill pad we were able to zero in on the sort of structure but then as the story progressed we 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 kept discovering that there were the the influence of the limbs on these saddle reef systems. If you recall, they're they're like saddles that sit on top of each other. You got your hinges, which are you know <clears throat> more of the the parallel structure of the or the apex, and then you've got the limbs, and the limbs are much more extensive than we ever imagined. Um, and and as a you know as you say, building the resource from the inside out, we said you know why are we not testing all of the exposed infrastructure that we have where these limbs are visible because it's really unique that you can actually look out from mineralization and i and i you know i use the analogy it's like jonah in the belly of the whale holy moses that's what a rib cage looks like um you know and and that's what we're looking at we're looking at these ribs and and we've we've channel sampled you know on our 944 level was really quite impressive we had uh 23 channels and a channel for people's information in our in our scenario we're sampling the walls of the drifts or the tunnels and that's between two meters and a meter and a half so you know five to six feet and it's about a two to three inch cut that goes down the length of the of the wall and then we sample that up and we send it out for 
for assaying. And along those 23 channel samples, cha- channels, uh, about two meters separated each, um, you know, of the, of the 23, uh, 11 of them were greater than 30 grams per ton. And 16 were greater than 15 grams per ton. And the continuity that this program demonstrated to us is just, it's phenomenal. Well, it's I, phenomenal. I mean, just, I, I, I think that you're being a little uh, conservative here when you say greater than 30 grams per ton. I mean, you had one that would grade 168. There's one at 39. I mean, even, you know, you're even, you're, I, I think you could say there's a lot more that were greater than 20 because there was, 27 and a half grams per ton, 21 grams per ton. I mean, so this is really solid. But I do want to get your comment here for people in the investment and speculation community looking at this project. Can you talk about being able to do exploration work underground as opposed to at service and just how much more access that you have to the mineralization, how much easier it is for you to understand and interpret the geology from underground? Well, Okay, I will. If we're if we're going to talk high numbers, let's talk one high number. So of that, you know, that 168 grams per ton was over a meter and a half. That included 501 grams per ton over half a meter. Um, you know, then we had another. You know, we just we just had some really you know great numbers in in there. But uh, yeah, it's great. But to your point, this it it's sort of like a circular argument. You know, drilling from surface. Initially, you're blind, and then you're you know you you start to define your, your mineralization. The opportunity that we had is that we knew there was mineralization that existed in this area. There was underground development that was done, but what we knew was that the prior operators didn't properly understand both the geology and the geometry, and that's crucial. It's crucial to understand how it lays in the ground, not just what it is. And, and the luxury that we have from the underground is that we, we can see it physically. I mean, it, it's like, you know, it's not just a three-dimensional uh, image that's, you know, wireframes and all that fancy stuff that geologists have done. No, no, this is the CEO and the VPX and, you know, the electrician and, you know, the laborers walking underground and actually seeing the mineralization and the structure in situ, in person, and say, so, you know what? We thought it was going to proceed here. This is how we modeled it out, and guess what? We confirmed that it's here. Mm-hmm. And so that's really where the the luxury of the benefit is, is because all that interpretation you're doing from you know from from all those drill holes, boom, we can actually go and say, do these two really link up? And if they do, are we located here at this? you know, at this point in space, underground, and we can actually physically go there and say, wow, the interpretation is correct. So how does this, does this change at all um, how you plan the next phase of exploration here at Aureus East? What, you know, talk about the changes that you might see in laying out that drill program. Well, I think the key thing to, uh, you know, for your listeners to recognize is that, is that we, you know, we completed... Oh, about 21,000 meters of drilling in our phases one and two, uh, in addition to the 22,000 meters of drilling that was pre-existing. Plus, we found some old drill core that hadn't been sampled. Mm-hmm. We, we, we assayed that. We found gold in that. So that's all going towards our uh, mineral resource um, estimate, which should be coming out uh, in, in the month of May. 
Um, and that's really going to define how we move forward because uh, we've got a pretty interesting system here. I mean, we've got mineralization down to 900 meters. You know, previous the previous sort of operators worked on a on a about a 300 meter depth and about a width of about 50 meters. Um, and and we're probably you know we're probably uh, 150 meters of width now based on where these limbs are and, and they seem to be getting bigger and, and our strike lengths about uh, you know we've identified mineralization over strike length of about 1600 meters so we, we've got a pretty significant system and I think once we've got an idea as to what it looks like and, I, and again I go back to geometry it's so important to understand geometry um, you know then we'll figure out truly what our you know what what the next steps are in in moving it forward from a from a perspective, because there's two things we do here. One, we we obviously we're, we're doing discovery drilling. This right. isn't this isn't going to an old project and oh, you're just trying to redefine, you know, uh, the mineralization. Nope, we are actually doing discovery drilling because every hole we've hit, 49 holes and two wedge holes, 100% hit gold mineralization. Can you remind us what what was the last resource number at technical weather? I I just can't. I just don't know. Same question. Historically, historically, there was a combination of indicated and inferred. So we did not make it current when we did our 43-101 when we took the acid over. Right. There were roughly 50,000 ounces at about 11 grams indicated and I'm, you know, just shy of 100,000 at about six and a half grams okay. of inferred. But we really didn't, we really didn't like, um, we we couldn't we couldn't uh, correlate what had been you know what had been taken out versus what was in there and we didn't we weren't comfortable so we just left it as historical uh, we didn't make it current and and I'm glad we did because our our models completely completely changed okay so you know Mark what do you think the street expectations are for this mineral resource it's a tough time to be putting out any sort of technical report right now yeah you know what. Um, I think I think we're going to, I mean, listen, this is me talking my own story, but I think we're going to probably be a bit unique in the sense that, you know, if we can show 400,000 ounces, something like that, you know, give or take, I mean, so it's obviously more than what was what was there before, but I think we people will really get an understanding of what this system is. The system is most similar, and, and the whole Nova Scotia camp is very similar to a place called Bendigo in Australia and and that's pretty well known because there's a mine there called Fosterville which was really successful for never heard of it just kidding you know for uh <laughs> yeah for the old Kirkland Lake and and but the, the 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 geology and the geometry are very are very similar so that's your sort of analog and uh but it's not very well known in Canadian camps I mean it's not it's nothing like the Abitibi it's nothing like the Golden Triangle you know it's it's not like Northern Ontario. So I think, and a good buddy of ours, um, you know, uh, who should remain nameless, he thinks this may be the opportunity, maybe one of those few opportunities where a resource really helps people uh, understand what, you know, is in the ground, what's there, mm -hmm. and uh, really, you know, help us, help us tell the story. Well, in a lot of those underground hard rock mines, especially in exploration development, 
have not been treated well in this market. Uh, I will say that it does seem like Aurelius is bucking the trend because you have actually been in somewhat of an uptrend on your chart and you know flat the last week where everything else has been down. I mean, it certainly seems that the market is starting to pay attention once again here. I guess kind of curious, what kind of questions have you been receiving from the street or analysts or other investors in this space that maybe is uh, unique to this project that other people are not getting right now? Well, I think I'd take a step back. I think, I think we're probably a bit unique. I mean, I'm a, I'm a professional engineer. I studied at Laurentian University in Sudbury. Um, you know, there were nine operating mines within an hour's drive of my university, two refineries, two mills, smelters. Um, and we had, you know, we had access uh, to the business. And, and I first started going underground when I was 12. I started working on a handheld drill when I was 18. I'm a sixth generation miner on my dad's side. You know, my partner in this, Jeremy Nemia, vice the VPX, I mean, he's a Laurentian graduate. He, um, you know, he's been, we've been doing this for, you know, 26 years since we graduated. But I mean, you know, I'll be 50 this year. So I've been going underground for 38 years. So I think we're probably a bit unique in that we have experience that other people haven't. And so, you know, we've taken our, I wouldn't say we've taken our time either, but I think we've just done things properly and we think it out. And, and I've, you know, I've, I've said it, I use what we call the dynamic exploration program or the dynamic exploration model. And which was to my earlier point, we put a drill hole in the ground and we see something that we weren't expecting positive or negative. We react to that. And, you know, we're not, we don't limit our drilling to, you know, a set number of meters that, you know, per hole that, you know, Jeremy and Scott have laid out. No, if, if we're in mineralization, we continue to drill. If we're not in mineralization, we'll stop a hole early if we, you know, if there's evidence that we should. And that's why, you know, we've got such a, such a, uh, you know, a success rate uh, at the project. And I think then when we convert something like, this channel sampling to show this continuity. I mean, these aren't, you know, this really offsets the whole nugget effect that, you know, people talk about in, 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 you know, gold mines where you've got, you know, coarse gold. Well, you know, a nugget effect implies you don't have much continuity. Well, we're, we're demonstrating that in this, you know, on 944. And we've demonstrated that on in zones 9 and 10, which we intersected with drill holes. So now maybe we could see a pattern. Not every zone is going to have the same continuity. But when we start to strike these zones with the drill holes, I mean, we can get some confidence that, you know what? We've actually seen it physically in other, in other zones, in other areas of the, you know, of the uh, mineralization. So, and then for mineralization, we can go to a resource and then we can start, you know, talking about engineering and then we can hopefully go to an ore body and then we can talk, you know, extraction. But I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. I mean, I'm really excited. I can tell. And so am I as a shareholder. Mark, I appreciate your time. It's good to catch up with you. It has been too long. And um, you and I are going to catch up, I believe, in Frankfurt in a month, if not before then, if uh, your mineral resource estimate comes up. So sometime in May, again, you and I will catch up. We'll catch up. We'll catch up on this mineral resource estimate. I, I'm not able to go to Frankfurt, uh, but I will see you um Saturday, June 11th in Toronto, uh, where uh, we will be hosting the uh, Sudbury Saturday Night 2.0 uh, 
uh, where we bring uh, the north to the city. We'll be hosting Porchetta Bingo and uh, during the PDAC on the Saturday night. It'll be a great event. Uh, there's there's several uh, several groups, Maritime Resources as well, will be um, uh, co-hosting along with uh, some suppliers. So right. lots of fun. Looking forward to that. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you. Thanks, Trev. Always a pleasure to speak with you, man. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.